0: Everybody is relearning how to drive when we get our first inch of snow right, for the Donnie. season. In their what? defense. In their defense.
2: I couldn't stop at a stop sign. I stopped and I slid halfway into it. Mm-hmm. It was slickery out. Slickery, slickery, okay. slickery. So slickery. I don't want to cut down people. Yeah. It's slippery. Oh, and I'll I... do it. Okay, you do it, Tony. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, it was slippery and I have a four-wheel drive car. I would have hit the car in front of me. If they would have been there, so I'm sorry. That's all. okay, fine. Being nice to the people. Way to interrupt the
1: Donnie's introduction. Julia. Why do you want him to put down our driver? Oh, oh please! For please oh, sake. For oh,
2: please sake. Yeah, that's a new one. one. this national under kindness day, Lori? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait
0: a minute. You know this goes under the what did uh, Lord, What did Julia say yesterday that really about the listening to music at work? It goes
1: against every principle she there has. There we go. We okay. can add that. You're right. You don't want mean to the listener. Not being. what the hell? Kindness day. Oh, geez. Are you trying that to do that? and I puke right away at the beginning of the it's show. It's not hard. No. <laughs> I already had a hard <laughs> enough time putting on my sorels today. That was like a sad thing, you know, November, because we'll be wearing them in December. And I can't January, even believe you already put them February on. February and March. Uh, Julia, I was out today in my clogs. I was slipping and sliding. I'm like, mm-hmm. put on the sorels. you know? And, ho- and the
2: foot is hot. Laurie has that hot foot.
1: I don't know what I don't know what diagnosis that is, but I've got a hot right foot. Just, I, the, right? just the right, just the right. I can't tell Whoa. you how many places I need to take take off, off her my feet, her shoe. my one shoe. She's got a hot foot. I, it's a hot right foot. It, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, I,
2: my feet would be hot too if I was wearing warm boots like those. Ah. My yeah. feet are
1: hot no matter what. The right foot. I mean, at the Project Down and Dirty, I had to go put on my Birkenstocks. I had to put on plastic sandals because my you, feet were burning up. Well, you it's, have a history
0: of sweaty feet.
1: Well, she
2: does. But, and Donnie, they swell.
1: it's really, really <laughs> well, ruining well. my look sometimes, <laughs> you know.
0: Or a woman's wearing one shoe.
1: That's right. Why is she only wearing... Oh. I wish I'd, I. wish we'd gone to see Chris Christopherson last night based on John Bream's review. I, it
2: sounded good, but I'm
1: so glad I didn't. Chris Christopherson's excellent one minute, 100-minute concert had a sense of farewell to it. Well, that... Just Sold even out s- at the Pantages. Yeah. The last time he was here was when Merle Haggard played 2015 State Fair, and he died not long after that.
2: Mm. Well, the thing about going to this place, like, it's so intimate there at the Pantages. It's Love so it. small, and it's the sound is good.
1: Chris was uh, focused, determined, and steady. He didn't flub a lyric. He had a teleprompter. Nice. He was engaged with the audience. He didn't talk much, but he was... Uh, You know, singing away, singing away. And Bream writes, he specialized Chris Christopherson, Chris Christopherson in songs reflecting on God, loneliness and hangovers. Oh, and when complicated relationships come to an end. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. You know. I mean, he was lovely in the stars. Oh, up, my so, word. Yeah. Even he, though there was no uh,
2: one more beautiful than him and well, that hair. Well, Elvis. Theory. It could
1: have been Elvis. All right. Well, it could have been yeah. Elvis. Oh, Donnie show showed him? me. Oh, look at him. Yeah. And you know, he was married to Rita Coolidge. That's, yeah, that's right. right. He yeah. was.
2: Yeah. Is he
1: married right now? I don't Is know. Is that what he's that. talking about? He's got oh. a three note range and he sings the truth. He do we, does have a... T- do we have a one-note one. range? Okay. But it, that's um, if it... No, Donnie, no I think note. there's a request, though, on Friday.
0: There is? Mm-hmm. For what?
2: Turn up our mics. Because Donnie turns us down so I loud. thought
0: I was supposed to do that.
2: No, no. There is a request to turn us up. Oh,
0: fine. I
1: can do that. All right. For people to hear how badly
0: we sing. Yeah. Yes.
2: Well, not all the way. I'm okay. just saying, <laughs> from not even knowing we're singing.
0: Well, sometimes that's well, the best...
1: We're doing something for tomorrow for the Give to the Max day where we're we're singing Lizzo True Hurts. Aren't we not supposed oh, to God, say that? Look at you. Is who that doesn't a, read a thing. Oh yeah, uh, I didn't. Was that was that a surprise? Okay, never mind. Retract. <laughs> wow. That was so bad. Was it was I not supposed to say that? Apparently yep. not. Oh. that Daddy, was, did you know that?
0: I wasn't part of the whole thing. All right, Lori.
1: On oh, Julia. Is this go against every principle you have? Yes. <laughs> like the
2: it's called unlock the song, so it's supposed to be a surprise. Oh
1: well, then we'll re-record it right after the show. I'm sure
2: we'll and do then, something different. Yeah. Uh, Chris
0: Christopherson is, I think, he's still married to somebody named Lisa Myers oh. since 1983. Oh, all right.
1: right. Well, he's a nice-looking guy based on this photo. I mean, he's 83 with a full head of silvery yeah, hair. Yeah.
2: He's always been good-looking. He really has. Yeah. He's had that good-looking
1: vibe. I guess he didn't have the um, not-quite-as-vital-as-Tony-Bennett, uh, who was 93 at his last show. And, uh was Here! Tony Bennett was here. Yeah, I was here. It was a good show. Did you go to that show? Yeah, he was wonderful. And Willie Nelson is 86, and he was giving people a feel-good spark. Look at that. I love it. Anyway, but I guess people were, like, really having a great time at that show last night. That's good. That's good. I didn't watch any morning TV this morning because it was all about uh, the impeachment hearings, which was like something out of House of Cards. You I didn't watch it. any of that. Well, oh, I watched I a little either. morning stuff. Oh my, well everybody did it live, so there sure, were no nine shows o'clock. on. No shows on. Nothing on. Yeah, no,
0: no Kelly Clarkson today.
1: No Kelly was Clarkson. Preempted. So, how long was Jason is it on?
2: was preempted? I was going to ask Jason, does he know that he has like a certain number of days off because of this? I you have know. I have no yeah. I have
1: no idea, but so
2: it's on from like nine to three.
1: Uh, was, yeah, yeah, six or seven yeah. hours. Okay. But it was it was riveting. It was riveting. It was okay. riveting. It will be a riveting TV show when it happens way down the road. Um, all the mini specials, all the things that will be done it's on riveting. this period of time. Well, it's just, yeah. you know, it's hard to believe. Right. So anyway, I was kind of glad to get in here because I was like, oh my God, I was just watching it and watching it, And then I was mindlessly eating. Not, I, that never,
2: okay. Never For you happened. even to say those two words together. Well, can you mind Eating,
1: first of all. Well, goldfish. Lori, I can't even believe it. I, I just was like, I mean, it was like I you needed popcorn, you needed something. You, okay,
2: <laughs> honest to people <be. laughs> Well, it was right. entertaining. Now okay. I understand. But give to the max day is tomorrow. Should we talk a little bit about it, yes. or wait till after yeah. the break? No okay. Okay. okay, so give to the max Day in Minnesota is tomorrow, and I've been seeing billboards, I've been hearing about it, getting emails, and yes. our um, we know that we just did Project Down and Dirty. Yeah and um are aware of that but it is a day in minnesota and if you want to give we'd love it if you gave to our charity alive and kicking the seniors rock group that just rocks it and it's might be a home for us Is it for the
1: whole station is that our charity? yeah it is
2: and so we have different packages um that are going to be auctioned off during our show um for
1: experience yes
2: unlock the song Mm -hmm. is one of the packages um On Jason Alexis tomorrow morning, a Valentine's Day song composed for your loved one by Jason Hansen, you know, the piano player from Live and Kickin', who's so brilliant. Um, Also, um, be a show announcer for a week. That's on most shows. Don and Steve are um, auctioning off Wild Sweet Tickets for Sunday, December 1st, hosted by Stephen Ryan. Colleen and Bradley... Um, have a walk-on roll in a live in kicking coming of age. Oh,
1: God, I'm glad so, we don't have that.
2: That would be so fun, though, <laughs> no, for somebody. No, I know, but I'm glad not, not. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for you. What are we doing? We have... Because um, I didn't read the... <laughs> at 3 o'clock, you know, Oprah's coming with her fabulous day tour. January 11th. Uh, yes, and so we are hosting the suite. Uh, and that's a full-day thing. We're going to be there for part of the day, but oh it's a full-day thing. gosh, we
1: wanted to go to this. I know.
2: And so you can do buy-along tickets. To be in the suite with us for that day. And we don't know who the big, big guest is coming till next week. They're going to start announcing some of the people. But whatever, she she's going to, I've never heard her talk, no. you know, in person. No, me. Either. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we have the announcer for the week and unlock the song. Right. But we're going to be doing a new song for people to unlock.
1: Maybe No one even heard that, I hope. Heard what? That's Nothing. exactly See, there right. You go. That's right. There you um, go, Donnie. Thank you very, uh-huh. very much, including B. Arthur. Yeah. Well, she's not listening. I'm hoping she's watching the impeachment hearings and is distracted right now, and not listening to our show. That's, so yeah. that that's right. we blew the block. That's right. Okay, listen. When we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough of.
2: On the Sunday morning sidewalks,
0: wishing love that stone.
1: Something
2: in a Sunday makes somebody feel alone. And there's
1: nothing short of Oh my
0: god,
1: this has got to be Chris and Rita.
0: Might be Rita, doesn't side. say. Sunday morning coming down. Um, a,
2: I've never heard that. You oh, know, well, covers of this. Okay. Yeah, Johnny Cash
0: did a really good version of this. Yeah.
2: But he, he wrote it. Because Chris Christofferson, if you're just joining us, was in town last night. Sold out the
1: Pantages. Yep. And then the other big news that we got last night is, um, you know, the thing we live and wait for and breathe all year long in anticipation. Who will be people's SMA sexiest man alive? Yes. He picked John, John Legend. Legend. So we've got the EGOTSMA. Uh-huh. He's the first one with an EGOT and then the SMA. So he's the E-G-O-T What's SMA. What's an SMA? Sexiest Man, Man Alive. He oh, he's the first one. Ma. Okay, got it. Got it. And he's <laughs> yes. the third voice coach in four years. Because 2015 was Adam Levine. 27 17. was Blake Shelton. This year, I, who, John Legend, last was, year was Idris Elba Yeah, we were so sold. wow And I mean really the most important factor for the SMA, Sexiest Man Alive is Of the current era is they have to agree to an interview mm-hmm. And pretty much only agree to it if they have something to promote What is he but promoting? His Christmas album
2: that Baby came out it's, last year. Oh, but just Baby, It's the new Cold Single. Outside, oh. and the reworked lyrics. Oh. And I, I feel like that one's already gone. The
1: first one I went to was like, I was like, Christy Teigen, she did not disappoint, she was so funny. She can't wait. She was uh, excited, but a little scared. I have scared. boned people's sexiest man alive. My yeah, secret nice. is out. It was kind of cute. I thought cute. she was cute, and then she
2: said she <laughs> cannot wait for people to get mad about John being sexiest man, man alive. Because mm-hmm. the one that we were mad about was Adam Levine. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, here's a little bit on what People Magazine, you know, John Legend, I remember our, one of our very, very first People parties after the SAG Awards, he was playing piano. Yeah, that's true. And we thought, who is this man? He's amazing. He could sing. He could play the piano. He was like debonair handsome. Beyond you know, I wouldn't just say, classy. I wouldn't cool. really say
1: he's like no. sexy. sexy.
2: Well, I think what makes him sexy is his... Uh, yes he's i think i like him how much he loves his wife yeah i think i like it he Um, seems
1: like a sweetheart he really does and that is sexy
2: i think so i think so and sexy changes as we age but he's reflecting on facing discrimination and what it's like being an in an interracial marriage because chrissy Teigen is half thai and half white Mm -hmm. and he is black Mm -hmm. and he grew up in uh ohio i believe And he said that um, he's experienced racial discrimination firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. We faced a lot of challenges. His mom and dad prepared him for the challenges. His mother, Phyllis, was a seamstress. And Ronald, his dad, was a factory worker. He has three siblings. He grew up in um, Springfield, Ohio. He went to Penn State for college. But occasionally, things really, uh, he sees on social media right now, remind him of his time there. Mm -hmm. Um, People, you know, ask you for your
1: ID when they, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he went in-depth on the interview with People Magazine. I mean, they actually got something of substance out of the interview. asking
2: to prove that his car was his car.
1: And I think that's a good conversation for People Magazine to have in the pages of their SMA, you know, because really, the whole issue, like. Donny Post uh, there's so many people in that issue there's yes. like a hundred and sixty photos of right they try this is they're the, different men yeah they yeah. they really want newsstand sales yeah. on this one yeah
2: and it was sweet because and this one is a good one to buy and and he goes into things talking about you know he's impassioned criminal justice reform activist and he talks about his wife. Chrissy Teigen and his background, and he said, my kids have so many sets of grandparents. They'll go visit their white grandma. They go see their black grandpa. They go see their Thai grandma, the other grandma. And he goes, they are just, they're growing up like, I think a lot of people not to see color anymore. Yeah. You know, and he talks about how much he loves anyway, Chrissy.
1: I mean, I don't know if they need to do the most beautiful woman, sexiest man alive, but I think it's a way for them to stay in business with advertising. Yes. With newsstand sales, you know, well, so People some, expect it. It, well and I mean, he's
2: the nicest guy alive is what
1: they're saying the best selling issue of the sexiest man alive and I know that that you know all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's Stephen Diener host of the Unidentified Alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the Unidentified Alien podcast or
0: UAP for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it
1: Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. People, magazines were the Instagram of the 80s, if you will. Yeah. But the 1988 yes. cover with John F. Kennedy Jr., oh. nothing before or, or since of any of those has outsold that newsstand cover. In his red...
2: Like lifeguard shorts. Well, that wasn't the cover. That wasn't in the Inside. cover. But I
1: remember my mom sending me the magazine with a postie note. The next time you're in New York City, try and meet him. It's my. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I love her for
2: she because she has said like he's dated like Madonna
1: and Daryl Hannah, and it was '88. So you know, you know, hello, you're hottie. Next. And my mom is like, he likes long-legged blondes, and you were that. And I'm like, you're you are right, that. Mom. I've and, got a chance. And I was going to New York like once every six weeks. So I was there fairly often. And so she'd be like, you know, make sure you're going to the high end, you know, the fancy places where you the might run into him. Or
2: whatever it used to be at Four Seasons and going here.
1: The wor- yeah. But he lived downtown. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's just a little aside. But yeah, so we got the egatsma. Yeah, how about that? And now we have a new name. And then all the other magazines really pump up the jam for this week because they're on the newsstand vying with People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. So guess what Us Weekly throws into the mix? Brad and Angelina. That's right. Okay, that's so funny. Why Angelina still has a lot of resentment towards Brad and it's the two of them on the cover and then who the real sexiest man alive is voted by you. They have that up in the little top corner. So, uh, they, because people magazine gets so much press. I mean, they right. were on GMA yes, and they, they get were. internet chatter and every year they go extra hard. And us weekly went really extra hard with this Brad and Angelina story. And it's so Fake. dumb because, well, the excerpt from the cover story doesn't match the headline. Basically. You know, choose your adventure. Angelina won't let Brad move on, or Angelina is desperate to leave California. All I know after I read the Us Weekly story is, why haven't they settled the financial part of their divorce? Because it's big. Yeah. Because it's big. I yeah. mean... Because it's big. She right. submitted her financials. Apparently, Brad hasn't submitted his. So I say to Us Weekly, why isn't it Brad can't move on? Right. Brad is tortured. I mean, they always got to... But anyway, this is just what they're doing to try and get people to not grab People Magazine and grab theirs. Good luck. That's
0: a good counter.
2: I'm going to go to the grocery store tonight and see who's reading what in line.
1: The People Magazine one... The ad, Brad and Angelina, I don't think that's no, going to help yeah, him sell obviously. covers. That's old stale news. Mm. But it's one of the few stories that continues to get... If it was Brad and Jennifer
2: Aniston, I might pick it up.
1: Mm, that one's really made up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, let's find out what's happening on the road. A little uh, Maren Morris. She'll be, of course, performing at the CMAs tonight, yes. which is hosted by... Dolly, Ariba, and Carrie Underwood, and um, it's going to be on ABC, so GMA did have just a little, um, they sent Lara, and she was at the Grand Old Opry at like 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah. Very exciting. Wouldn't that be fun to oh. go to this award show and be on this red carpet? Yes. We've threatened it for years. And we even, I thought we had like one tiny bit of an in with we CMA, in. but we the just... big thing that they always say is, "What does what kind of music does your station play? You know, that kind. That, yeah, yeah.
0: We
2: play a whatever bit of we everything. want. That's right. True. That's, That's even
1: better.
0: You could have. T- Answered country, and you wouldn't have been wrong.
2: Reba McIntyre posted on Instagram yeah. the cutest photo of her kind of getting her dancing getting boots ready. ready. She's so well, cute. Well,
1: I mean, you try not to gag uh, a little bit when you hear them say about, uh, they t- the women talk about how important women are to country music. Too bad country country music radio doesn't play more women. So I don't yeah, know true. if this is the way of the women of country doing a real pointed thing because it is the airplay for women on country yeah. is horrible. Right. It's it's horrible. I don't know what the statistics are. Well I could make it up like any regular guy right now. Let's just say it's seventy percent, sixty eight percent guys. Think seventy
0: is what I remember yeah. reading. Seventy yeah. percent male.
1: Male. And um so they I think why they're really going and they are featuring a a lot of women is it's right. like they're giving Country music radio, okay. Program directors, hear us roar. Right, with this. which is lovely. Here we go. Yeah, Carrie, Dolly, and Reba—three icons taking the stage for country music's biggest night, the CMAs.
2: Women are obviously a very important part of country music. Always have been. Always will be. And for us to celebrate that, um, but also look to the future and um, hopefully just walk away from from tonight thinking like that was awesome how can we get more women how can we get more of
1: that between these three ladies they hold 124 cma awards wow. nominations and 22 total wins
2: i mean i feel like both of you ladies you do it how it's supposed to be done oh, and thanks. um... we all have so much to learn um, from you guys and you're you're what the rest of
1: us are just trying to be. So listen to you. Feel, you're so blessed. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for even including me in the same sentence oh. as Dolly Parton. Really? Okay, Dolly, just stop for Don- a second. Okay, okay, so Carrie did try and go there in a diplomatic way, yeah. but the the thing that came out where they were looking at country stations on that study that was yes. April of this year that there's a 10 to 1 disparity between men and women played at country radio.
0: Wow. Every, only one
1: woman's song is played for every 10 guy's songs. Hmm. And I mean, Rolling Stone wrote about it and Billboard. And so I do think that this is the CMAs and maybe the women, like they're trying to, they're like, this doesn't... make any sense, the gender representation because there are so many amazing women out there yeah. that are singing and playing and they looked at 18 years the study from 2000 yeah. to 2018 and that actually airplay for women has gotten worse, worse. as the years have gone mm, yeah, on. There surprised. was more country women played in 2000 than there was in 2018. 17. That something? Yeah, so... um Anyway, this it's just it's it's just grim. Well, it can only go up. It's grim, but I yep. mean, the, I think that is kind of what... Because Brad Paisley has been with Carrie Underwood on this. How many years in a row? Like a dozen oh, a years dozen. or something? No, but, but yeah. So anyway, I'll be curious just to see what happens. You know, it'll be interesting. You know, who wins Entertainer of the Year? Because a lot of times... I'm just even looking
2: back. The last time, okay, a woman won Entertainer of the Year was in 2009. It was Taylor Swift, and before that, it was in 2000 the Dixie Ch- Chicks. Then Shania Twain, mm-hmm. who's going to be performing a medley right. for Greatest Hits, and then you just keep going back. 86, right? It was
1: it, Reba. Right. It's it's real. Dolly was 78. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really yeah. It's sparse. Mm hmm. And then I don't know if you had a chance to watch Dolly Parton. Here she comes again. A little bit. On ABC last night. And of course, our little national treasure is going to have her eight episode Netflix series, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, all movies set to her whatever the lyrics of her song is. It's It's not not available available.
2: yet. And who's in one of them but
1: Kathleen Turner? Yes. She's, I mean, she's employing a lot of people yeah. with this little Netflix yeah. thing and mm-hmm. they're excited. Yeah. But one thing we learned from uh, Dolly Parton, here she comes again, is that she said, I still write on my yellow legal pads and my cassette player, and I have to order the cassettes off of eBay.
0: Can't get them in I the store. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Because
1: that's how she likes
2: to write right. and record. Right. Hmm. Isn't that something? Old
0: school.
1: Well, Well, but, you know, if that's your writing process,
0: you know, and that's how she's she's
2: been
1: doing it, she's not going to thing into her phone no right and she wants to handwrite her lyrics because there uh, is something
2: there is something about handwriting
1: Lori. It's, it's to clarify even your own thoughts or see where it takes you or there it,
2: it, the flow is is better and i was yeah. reading something about cursive handwriting because they quit it quit teaching that in school and my youngest was in school
1: i remember you having oh, a I had righteous a hissy, fit. hissy fit and you got a lot of Positive email. I about mean, it was it.
2: ridiculous that they stopped teaching it. And I've had forever the benefits of cursive writing because yeah. it is the flow and the way you, for some people, you know, how you write down things. Yeah. It's different when you're typing if you're not that great at it. So, yeah.
1: you know what's weird is handwrite. My mom and her sister have the exact same handwriting as their mom. Well, my mom, we kind of have hers.
2: Catherine has it more than I do. My sister Gina's rounder, but my little sister and I, sometimes it looks like my mom's.
1: Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. weird. It's like handwriting is hereditary. Because yeah, isn't that funny? It is. I looked at a recipe card of my grandma's and I'm like, this looks oh, like mom. It looks like mom, but it's right. really my mom's handwriting looks like her mom and then her sister. And it's very, very lovely cursive that you can read because sometimes your mom is, um, it's, I've had to I've had to read cards that your mom gives Casey yeah. to him. He can't yeah. read her handwriting. I can read her handwriting. I'm like, for God's sakes, Casey, she's been your mother all your life. Mm-hmm. He said, "There's a lot of cards I've never been." Able to <laughs> Isn't, that <laughs> <funny>? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? I believe it though. Was so anyway, yeah. it, was, it was it was good. If it's on ABC on demand, if you're a Dolly Dolly fan, and then I mean, this book I want to read that's getting so much buzz, we can't keep up with all these. Um, There's too many these. Real life kind of memoir, but this is an interesting book. Um, this is called um, Life Isn't Everything Mike Nichols, as remembered by 150 of his closest friends. Right. So they got all because Mike Nichols, past director of The Graduate, you know, married Diane Sawyer later in his life, director of The gr- uh, Working Girl, Carnal, not, I mean, playwright, amazing guy, right? Yeah, he oh, lives in his 80s. So he has. Whoever had this idea, it's brilliant. It really is. Lori. Everybody told a you. story about working with him. And
2: it's brilliant. Like you said, the <sighs> one that we found out yesterday was about Melanie Griffith. And it was when she was on Working Girl in the eighties. And, um, she said that, um, she remembers working for Mike Nichols in Working Girl and recalling one of the most humbling moments of her, um, her acting life. And it which was, was early in her acting yes, life and, and good
1: to get that done. and
2: she said it was the 80s there was a lot going on party wise in New York oh, where yeah. we were shooting a lot of cocaine there was a lot of temptation and she said it was a pivotal moment for her because three weeks um, what happened is she came to work and she was not she couldn't do her lines and at she the was time was not sober She's no drunk. she wasn't sober but Alec Baldwin was sober at that time because they worked together on that movie right. and, and um and so what happened is he said, everyone has to go home. He was wasn't dry. there. The p- director said, everyone has to go out. And Mike Nichols found out about it. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to tell the studios, but I'm going to tell your agent that she owes me $80,000 because that's how much it cost to shut down production last Ooh. night. She paid it. And she said she never did it again. But um, I think she
1: went to rehab after working girl. After
2: working girl. Yeah but she just said it was something that he taught me that you just don't do again then they gave her a coach on the set that she had to be with it reminded me of Lindsay
1: Lohan yeah you know a lot yeah she was just unreliable well it was the 80s people were so wild i don't know if there's ever been a wilder time if you were in your you know 70s. late teens 20s or yeah. 30 if you were say sing, i mean it was i just don't know if people 70s Based on what I'm hearing from Elton John's book? Yes, they were very decadent wild. as well. Because you weren't, the kids, you you didn't have any, you weren't serving in the military. Maybe you were from another, I mean, it was just such a wild time. Everybody was, we had birth and control. none of it was recorded. Yeah, but I mean, you didn't even, there wasn't, that wasn't even in the thinking. Right. You know? But you still have to live with yourself. So there's always that. You yeah. know, that's always the self corrector you hope people have. Is eventually, at the end of the day, you're still you. You're still you and you have to eventually look at yourself. And I remember I would just sometimes look and see what I did with my checkbook and what I had done. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I need to straighten myself out. Mm-hmm. I cannot be I cannot be this kind of a party girl who do I think I am? I mean that, but then it was just, it was such a crazy time. It was. You well, were single. Later,
2: later in our show, Lori, yeah. um, cause I know we've got an interview coming up um, with a very,
1: yes, we do. We got very go.
2: well-known direct uh, director, writer,
1: author, author,
2: everything. Um, I got to tell you a little bit more about the decadence in just one chapter of the Elton John book.
1: Oh, oh, I want to hear it. All right, listen, we will be back with Stephen. Is it Shabosky?
0: I will double check with him okay on thank you the book is
1: called imaginary friend he is also the guy who wrote uh the book perks of being a wallflower and then ended up adapting it and um, directing the movie with Emma Watson the coco so
0: I put you to hold me good
1: old Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday afternoon.
0: We're going to call uh, Stephen right back. He had a little phone problem.
1: Okay. All right, lovely. Just, let's give a little bit of a setup, Lori, for
2: Stephen. Because besides writing the perks of being a wallfire, wildflower, wallflower and then making it into a movie, he also worked on the movie Wonder with Julia Roberts, That's Beauty right. and the Beast.
1: That's right. He he did the film adaptation of yeah. Wonder.
2: And Beauty and the Beast. He the
1: co-wrote the screenplay. Okay, Rant. He wrote the screenplay for right. the film adaptation right. of that. And yeah, this is only his second book, Imaginary Friend, which
0: if you're a... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday, so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts, and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
1: Stephen King fan, uh, I'm I'm just like, oh my gosh, this book is this unbelievable. Book is, okay, is so unbelievable. Steve, Stephen, hi Stephen. Hello. Hello? We are, you know, we you don't know it, but we have been inadvertent fans of your work going all the way to Jericho because we've been on the radio oh, seven, 17 years. We had C. Orange in our studio when the show was, was, first, was, being was, introduced. When it was first on and we tried to know. get people to watch it. We loved that show. Loved it.
0: So we've Thank loved you your so writing much.
1: for a long time. Yes.
0: Yeah. And well, thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, and so this is your second uh, novel. People will know uh, either your book or the movie that you made of your book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was just a wonderful, wonderful movie with Emma Watson right. and Logan Lerman, and we love that, too. Thank you. And now, I really appreciate it. now, now you written- go and you take a, a, a turn... With your second book, Imaginary Friend, which is a horror story, scary, um, yet, how do you describe this book? Because it's scary, well, I, but it's hopeful, but then, jeez, how you end the book. Stephen, you've given me nightmare for two weeks.
0: <laughs> well, well, first of all, I'm glad. Okay, My thing was, <laughs> I, I wanted to do a book that was kind of like equal parts, like heart, hope, and horror. Okay, And to me, like, those are the three sides of the triangle here. And, and so because when I started thinking about Imaginary Friend, I thought about, you know, because my wife, Liz, I kind of do everything for her. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't you. like horror. Okay, Neither She do doesn't I. like horror mm-hmm. at all. And so I was like, and I knew that I always wanted to write, a, you know, a scary kind of like Stephen King throwback book. Right. I've always loved this genre. So I said, but if I'm going to do this, I have to do it in a way that Liz would love it. So that's why you know I wrote it this way so that it's it really is it's, it's it makes it less
1: scary it made it less scary but it all depends on where you put it down because the book is 700 pages yes it is I mean yes, you're going is. Stephen King the stand territory did your editor just say to you Stephen you need to cut parts of your story out and did you I mean obviously you were successful and the book works i mean i was never it never dragged i was never bored i kept i was like i wish i had this on a beach you know where yeah, i could well, just well, read I'm and glad. read Thank yeah you. i'm listening at,
2: i'm listening to it on audio tapes and how do you yeah, think because julia's I, like
1: your wife she's never really
2: like
0: scary books
2: yeah but i'm enjoying it i'm not done i'm gonna be honest yeah. Lori's finished
0: Okay, that's totally fine well, listen, well, I'm glad that you like the audiobook because I actually directed it. Christine Lakin, who performed it. Did you? You know, because I direct movies. Yes. I love working with actors. And I thought this would be a really fun thing to do to make sure that, that the audiobook reflects you kind know, of what I wanted the book to, you know, to, to read like. Right. So I'm really glad you're listening to it. it I, to me, I, I recommend the audiobook as much as I recommend the book. book. Yeah. But anyway, I think for me, I guess it's, it's just, you know, I don't know, I just always loved this genre so much. And I always loved, I always loved, um, it was just something that really, going back to when I was 12 years old, I remember saying to my dad, you know, dad, I want to be a writer. Um, I basically wanted to be two things in my life, baseball player and writer. Oh, perfect. And I gave up baseball at 11. And I said, dad, I want to be a writer. And he said, well, great writers are great readers. And then he kind of left the room to like smoke a cigarette and watch the hockey game. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And then, and then, um, and I took, I took his advice in the strangest way because I wasn't a good reader. I was, I was pretty much, uh, you know, mildly, at least I was a slow reader, probably mm-hmm. dyslexic, just never. And. But what I did was I watched a lot of movies so I chose movies and uh the only person I could really understand back then was Stephen King. Yeah. So oh. so to me uh, writing imaginary friend was was going back to really going back to childhood. It was a very personal book for me. As, as scary as it can be at times, it's a very personal book.
1: Was was a Stephen King book
0: the first book that scared you then? Oh 100%. Yes. Which I loved one? I loved The Shining. Okay. Oh. The Shining was probably an early favorite mm-hmm. and but you know I don't know, The Stan Misery, mm-hmm. really all the classics. I've probably read at least half of his books. There's yeah. so many. It's I don't know how the man keeps doing it, quite frankly. I know. Um, hey, Stephen, i got yeah, to my...
2: stop you for a quick second because um, can you give us the setup of Imaginary Friend for people who are listening? Wondering, what is this book about?
0: Oh, of course, of course. So Imaginary Friend, it started with this idea that I had which came from all of our childhoods. You like Remember when you were like a kid, yes. you lay in the grass, you look up in the sky, you look at the clouds, and you see shape in the clouds. And you'd say, oh, it looks like a dog, a hammer, a face, that kind of thing. My idea was, what would happen if a little boy looked up in the sky and realized that for the last two weeks it was always the same face looking back at him? And I pictured him outside of his school, and the last of the school buses go away, and he's on his, he's sitting on his little bench, and and he's alone. And suddenly he's reading his book and the shadow cuts across the page. He looks up and there's the, there's the cloud face. Now it's almost as big as the sky. And Christopher says, hello, can you hear me? And there's a thundercloud that could be a coincidence. So he says, if you can hear me blink your left eye and the cloud slowly does yeah. blinks and unblinks and then floats away. And that was the first idea. And what I did over the last 10 years when I wasn't doing other things, I would follow the cloud. Mm. And so that's the best way I can say is like, it's a mystery because when he follows the cloud and he goes missing in the woods and he comes back, right? And suddenly this little boy who was dyslexic is reading at almost like a college level, and suddenly the boy that couldn't get four right answers on a math test is getting perfect, and things start to change. And in his mother, at first being swept up to swept up into up into the success, yeah, and then like, "Wait." Is something happening to my child? It really is at its heart. It's a story about a mother and and and, and her son.
1: son, and what she'll do. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely for sure on for me the one of the best books that I've read this year. I put it up with the chain. Thank you. and I mean, and because it it did remind me of Stephen King, because there's an innocence also in the storytelling. That does come through at the same time that you're trying to figure out what is going on, and you know something is in these woods. So it really does also let the way you write the story. It can let the individual imagination go. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you intend Mm -hmm. that for it to be that way? Because I think everyone might a little bit have a different what's coming next. What they think is yeah.
0: What what I love about books. You know in and more of the slower pace of books um, is I love just welcoming and inviting the audience to, to guess and you know, and I wrote it in a way, so yeah there there are horror parts, but then there's you know the sheriff has that that big um that investigation when yes. they find the body in the woods mm-hmm. and there are other things that it's constantly uh asking the audience Ugh. or the reader to guess yeah. and and that's what I always feel like keeps you turning the pages yes. it's like little by little bit by bit. The the metaphor I love to use is, you know, we all know the, the famous experiment with the frog in the boiling water. Yes. You put a frog in, in hot water, it knows it jumps out. If you put it in cold water and slowly turn up the heat, it doesn't know. And that's what I wanted the book to feel like in a great way, in yeah. a really fun way.
1: Oh, and boy, you did it. Is this going to be a movie? Are you going to make a movie of your book, Imaginary Friend?
0: Um, you know what? I, I don't know if it's going to be a movie or a miniseries or a, a miniseries. Mini yeah. I don't know which form okay. it's going to take. And these days, what's the difference? Yeah, it's it's all, you know, amazing. I will absolutely adapt it. for yeah. the Yeah. Right. It's, it's
1: going to be incredible. Steven. Nice it's meeting so wonderful you. to
2: meet you. Nice the book. It was wonderful, guys. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank the book you. is imaginary friend by Steven Chbosky. We've got a couple um, to Trapeze. give away. Trappies, six
1: five one six four one one zero seven one. Big thumbs up from Lori. And I'm, I'm, I'm in it. You're in